0: You got yours, okay. You got your money. <laughs> I got you, Sister Sue. I got you. I got you. You don't got next month. That's double money now. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, we want to get right into our lesson tonight. Amen. The Bible says, "Amen." In 2 Samuel six fourteen, and David danced before the Lord with all his might and danced with was with was gird with a linen ephod. Do you dance before the Lord? Are did are you bashful? You know, huh? Do you dance before the Lord? Why not? Why not dance? David is an example. He danced before the Lord. People saw him dancing before the Lord. I think Scripture says he will turn our mourning into dancing. Huh? So when your mourning is lifted, you should dance. You know, You've got to realize what God is asking of us to do, Amen. And so we want to praise God. We want to magnify God, Amen. And all that we do, and we know who we're worshiping. And Jesus told the woman at the well in John 4:24 that they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. And in truth. Amen. So last week we were talking, amen, about the expectancy in corporate worship. You see, Jesus says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the mix of thee. When we come together to worship, the Spirit of God is present to edify and to meet the needs of His people. Amen. This is why you see throughout scriptures they came together they worship God they magnify God they praise God when 2 Chronicles 5:11 through 14 we saw that after Solomon dedicated the temple the priests could not even minister because the presence of the Lord was so strong and so powerful You, I'm sure you've been in service when everybody gets into worshiping God and magnifying God and lifting up holy hands. Amen. See, you've got to realize, as the old song says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. See, that's why you can't tell what God has done for me. You can only tell what he's done for you. See, so when you look back over your life and you begin to see where God has brought you from, there should be something that swelled up inside of you that says, I'm going to praise the God. Lord, I, I don't I don't care how people think or whatever God has been good and this is basically what David said to his wife Michelle he says this was before the Lord you know I, you might not understand but I know where God has brought me from and what God has done for me and what he has delivered me from and so I'm going to praise him I'm going to praise him in a dance I'm going to praise him in a shout amen and so we're constantly reminded throughout scripture to praise the Lord Look. At Habakkuk chapter 3, because the re- we're looking at tonight the results of worship, some results of worship, amen. And our worship changes us, Habakkuk 3, verse 17, amen. Habakkuk says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, and the labors of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from off the foe, and there shall be no herds in the stalls. Verse eighteen. Yet (laughs) he says, "Yet I will rejoice in the Lord; I will joy in the God of my salvation." He says, "I don't. Nothing has to be going right, (laughs) you know." He says, I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord my God. And here's why he says I'm going to do it. Verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon my high places. Amen. God is trying to take us to a higher plateau. And Him, Amen. And so, therefore, as I worship Him, as I praise Him, as I rejoice in the Lord, Amen. My life don't have to be going right. He has my best interests in at heart. This is why Job says, He knows the way that I take. And when I am tried, I shall come forth like gold. Amen. Because God is with me. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. As Moses told the children of Israel, God didn't bring you out to leave you. He brought you out to carry you in. Amen. God is taking us to a better place. And so, therefore, we might as well get in the habit of praising God down here. Because all of you're going to do up there is praise Him continually amen because the angels of the Lord according to Revelation 4 is before him crying holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory and their crests and their crowns before him amen we've got to get in that habit as we talked last week praise has got to be a habit just like anything else in your life just like you got to get a habit of getting up in the morning to go to work praise should be a habit of getting up and worshiping God it should be a habit to get up to read your Bible it should be a habit to pray. It should be a habit to be a witness. Amen. Because you know where God has brought you from and what God has done for you. And as our world is constantly hurting and going through so much, Jesus puts it this way. You are the salt of the earth. He says, but if the salt is lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salty? It is good for nothing to be cast out and let men walk all over you. He says, you are the light of... Of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. He says, man does not light a candle and put it on a bushel, but he set it on a candlestick. For what purpose? That it may give light to the whole house. All right? In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, that what was the seven candlesticks? The seven churches. Guess who's the church? You are the church. See? So you are supposed, as soon as you walk in the room, there's supposed to be some light. See? Because your light is to constantly be shining. Amen. People should automatically be able to see something different in you. Because guess what? The fire is to be burning. Leviticus 6 verses 12 and 13. The Lord told Moses to tell Aaron. And I think you are a chosen generation, right? Your royal priesthood. And the fire upon the altar should be going out every day. Huh? Whose responsibility was to keep the fire going? Man, oh man, you get in trouble, let the fire go out. What happened to Eli? Anybody know what happened to Eli? But what happened before he broke his neck? He let the fire go out. He let the candle go out. Amen. Fell asleep on guard duty. That's a court martial offense in the army, right? Amen. He let the candle go out. And so, right. Now, so if you let the candle go out, if you let the fire go out, you're going to be in trouble. See? So how do we keep the fire burning? Well, I'm a southern boy and so we used to always put another log on the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we put some more oil in the lamp, you know, and so, so, so you need to put another log on the fire, you know, uh, put a word in your heart, put a dance in your step, study the scriptures. Amen. As you're worshiping, as you're praying, as you're putting these things into your life, you're going to be brighter. Because as you're putting the Word in you, you're going to light up. You know why? Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him is not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in Him was life, and the life was the light. So when Christ is in you, you're supposed to be burning, baby. (laughs) You're supposed to be on fire. I got a fire. I got a fire burning. Burning inside of me. Know that song? Oh, man. That's my grandson to say, oh, man. Come on. You should have this fire burning. This notice what Paul says to Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy 1. Amen. Verse, um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God, we'll go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6. Excuse me. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that ye stir up the gift. <laughs> of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. stir up the gift you wives cook you bake you remember the old beaten pan you know you just you gotta get it stirred up right you stir up your batter you stir up stuff get it ready to cook well this is what we've got to do you've got to stir up the gift that's in you amen what gift do you have? What is your gift? Do you have the word of wisdom? Do you have the word of knowledge? Do you have healing? Do you have miracles? What's your gift? What's your gift you got? You know, now you got to you got to have the Holy Ghost to have any gifts. <laughs> you know, because every good gift and every perfect gift, James says in James one seventeen. Comes from the Father above, in whom there's no variableness, no the shadows of turning. Right? See, so you got to stir up the gift, get the Holy Ghost moving, and you do that by lifting up holy hands. Amen. Lift up your heads. O ye gates, and be lifted, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty and battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. Jesus is the king of glory. Amen. So when you lift up your heads... I don't care how bad you're feeling, what you're going through in life. And this is what Habakkuk is trying to get us to see. It don't have to be going good for me. But as long as I start worshiping Him, I'm going to stir up the gift that's inside of me. Amen. And God is going to pick me up. Amen. He will elevate me. This is why Micah says in Micah 7, 8, he says, Don't rejoice against me, O my enemies, because when I fall, I shall arise. He says, and when I set in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Amen. He will take care of things for me. So, devil, don't you ever think you got me whipped. Amen. And that's what God has wanted us to understand. He says in Isaiah 61, 3, I've given your garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness, that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, so that he might be glorified. See how praise changes us. It changes our attitude. It changes our way of thinking and our actions. Amen. See, the enemy wants you to be down, but God says, no, just lift up your head. Amen. Just lift up your hands. Just begin to worship me. Because in Psalms twenty-three fifty twenty-three, he says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversational right, will I show the salvation of God. Amen. So worship changes us. Our walk with God is an ongoing process of growth towards perfection. See? We, we, we've we got to get this thing, it's got to become a habit. Everything we do for Christ, is we, it's got to become a habit because we're moving to perfection. We're moving to get complete in Him. See, perfection starts with you separating yourself. That's what holiness is, is a separation from the world and separated unto God. As I told you last week, I think, uh yes has this built-in mechanism that automatically says no. Because when I say yes, then I'm saying no to something else. See? So when I say yes to Christ, I'm saying no to the world. See? So if I say I'm going to praise God, I'm saying, hey, world, I don't want anything else to do with you. Amen. He's going to be my number one. Amen. So it changed us. This process, we're moving forth. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. You hear it a thousand times. Add to your faith, Second Peter chapter one, verse five. Hmm? Add to your beside this, give all diligence, Add to your faith, virtue. Amen. See when you look at First Peter two nine and he says you are a chosen generation you're a royal priesthood you're a holy nation you're a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him which called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The Greek word there for for that praise means actually virtue, moral excellency, excellency, valor, manliness. These are the things he's he's saying that you are to become. You're showing forth. Who God is in your life. See. And that's what praise is all about. We're showing forth who we're a part of. We're showing forth our love for our creator. What he has done for me. So Peter is saying here he says beside this give all diligence add to your faith. See. Faith is the first thing that comes in salvation. You got to Believe. You know, and so you add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and he's forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, give all diligence, brethren, to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you're never going to fall. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are saved. Lost. Why? In whom the God of this world has blinded minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves for your servant Jesus' sakes. Verse 6. For God have command who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See? It goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago about knowing who you're worshiping. Amen. Verse 7. But we have this gold mine. <laughs> we have this treasure. In this earthen vessel, see, in this earthen vessel that the excellency, there's that word praise again, of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. <laughs> and what distress, Elohim. Hello. Anybody distressed? We are. Hmm. Am I confused? <laughs> but we're not despair. We're not hopeless, right? We are. Huh? Persecuted. Mine. Remember what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount? He says, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all matters of evil falsely against you for my name's sake. He says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. <laughs> <laughs> is rejoice and be glad, right? Now go to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12. I would have thought y'all would have been leaping across pews, but (laughs) (laughs) but beloved, think it not strange concerning the five trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice and as much as you are becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy verse 14 if you be reproached for the name of Christ happy are you for the spirit and glory of God rest upon you on their part he's evil spoken up and on yours he's glorified see rejoice Philippians 4, 4. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. No, that's not what it's saying. Huh? It says do it sometime. You know, when you're, hit, when you're on the mountaintop, then you rejoice. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always and again. In other words, he says, Listen, rejoice. That's exactly what he's saying. I told you once, but do it again. I'm telling you again. Rejoice. Let your moderations, verse 5, be known to all men. The Pastor Parker is that hand. Huh? Ain't that what it said? Who's that hand? The Lord is that hand. In other words, God is in you. Let them know that you've been called out of darkness to the marvelous light. That Christ is in you. The hope of glory So when you're rejoicing, amen, you're giving praise and honor to God, you are living a life of virtue. You're living a life of moral excellency. You're living a life of manliness. You're living a life according to what God is asking of us to become, holy and separated under God, which is your reasonable service. You're not being conformed to this world. You're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to think totally different. You can't think the same old way you used to think when you became a child of God. If you keep thinking I'm being defeated, if I keep thinking I'm down and downtrodden and distressed and persecuted, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right. Amen. And you will eat the fruit of it. Right. But I say rejoice. <laughs> and again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to me. The Lord is saying, be careful for nothing but in everything with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. This is why Isaiah says in Isaiah 26, 3, He will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon Him, because you trust in Thee. Amen. Trust in the Lord forever, verse 4, oh because the lord jehovah is an everlasting strength now look at isaiah 12:3 isaiah 12:3 therefore with sadness huh what is it okay thank you maggie i'm glad you're here tonight therefore with joy Shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation? Come on. With joy. With joy. Look at Psalms 27. Y'all love this psalm all the time, don't you? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me, they eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fall. The at host shall encamp against me, and this my heart shall not fear. The war rise against me, and this I will be confident. One thing. I don't need but one thing. Just one. I don't need a whole lot. One thing if I desire of the Lord, and that will I seek after. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and everything else you have need of is going to be added to you. One thing about his outer Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble he will hide me in his pavilion and the secret of his tabernacle he shall hide me, he shall set me on a rock, my head will be higher above my enemies round about me. Therefore, when I open his tabernacle, the sacrifice is, uh, joy. <laughs> Amen. Verse six, verse seven. <laughs> Amen. There are a sacrifice of joy, and I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. The tabernacle, notice, will offer his tabernacle sacrifices of joy look at jeremiah 33:11 jeremiah 33:11 go back to the old testament jeremiah 33:11 what do we find the voice of sadness <laughs> the voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride who's the bride The church. Y'all ever thought about making some noise lately? (laughs) The voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For his mercy and do it forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause to return to captivity of the land at the first, saith the Lord. God said, you bring the sacrifices of praise, and I'll get rid of your captivity. Amen. It should be heard here. This is the house of the Lord. Amen. We bring the sacrifices of praise. You remember that song we used to sing, old Pentecost? We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Yep. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, and we offer up to You the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and we offer up to You the sacrifices of praise, joy, praise, Amen. So, in the house, Amen. The sacrifices of praise, Hebrews thirteen fifteen. God confirms His word. Hebrews 13, 15, by him, my pastor, right, by Jesus. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of praise to God continually, that is with the fruits of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Rejoice evermore. Continually. Last time I looked up continually, it meant continually. (laughs) All the time. Amen. Notice, we bring the sacrifices of praise unto the house of the Lord. We offer up to Him the sacrifices. From the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto His name, every one of us. I don't have to wait for someone to start cranking up some keys to praise God. I don't have to wait for everybody else to start doing it. I do it because I think of what he's done. That's why Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what is the will of God? Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. The sacrifice is a praise. Amen. We bring sacrifice a praise. Praise changes us, it changes our outlook on life, it, it changes how we see things, it changes how I see myself. Because, see, I understand that I'm his and he's mine. Amen. And so it is a result of that, I'm worshiping him. I am glorifying him. I'm giving thanks to him for what he has done for me. Amen. Praise God. Having therefore, Second Corinthians 7, 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Reverence in God. Separate ourselves to God. Living unto Him. Amen. This is what we want to do. We want to be His forever. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It changes us. As we worship Him, His holiness illuminates our lives and convicts us in areas where we need to make corrections. That's what happens, see? This is part of that move into perfection. See? As I worship Him and I understand who I am worshiping, I realize I'm worshiping a holy God and I want to be like Him. As I begin to move close to Him, as I come into His presence with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise, He begins to illuminate me in my life. Amen. Because as I worship Him, the Spirit begins to bring things to to my light and my eyes that I can begin to see where I'm liking and not like Him say look at james one twenty two james one twenty two james chapter one hebrews james he's made coffee now let's drink okay hebrews amen <laughs> Amen, we're there. amen. went right across your head then. <laughs> be ye doers of the word. In the beginning was the word. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he behold himself, and goeth this way, and, f- and straightway forget it what manner man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continue, there's that word, continue, his means continue. <laughs> Therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. And his deeds. See? The word is designed to change you. God is the word. <laughs> and so when we worship him, he's going to start illuminating some things. See? Either you're going to be a fake or you're going to be sincere. See? And if you're sincere, I promise you, he's going to show you shortcomings. He did for me. You know, I knew there were some things I definitely had to get rid of. And it starts by worshiping him. It start by praying. It start by reading. It starts by going to church. Because I realize he has my best interests at heart. See? That's why he says in Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven, he says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. See? To give you an expected end. He wants us to reign with him forever and ever. So that's why he gives us his word to show us. It lights us. This is what Jesus says in John 8 and 12. He says, he that follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. See? And that's why Paul, when you look at Second Corinthians six fourteen through 18, Paul says, what fellowship have light with darkness? What concourse have Christ with Belial? What have the temple of God with idols? Well, you are the temple of the living God. And God says, I'll be in you and I'll walk in you. See, the analogy he's trying to show you is what he told Solomon when he built the temple. He says, my name is here and I will dwell here. See, and we are now the temple of God. And that's why when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, God dwells there. He walks in you. Every step you take, he's there with you. He says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. He's right there. I'm close. That's the mention of my name. See? And this is why you don't have to worry. This is why you don't have to fret. Amen. Be doers of the word. Psalms 19, verse 7. (laughs) Psalms 19, verse 7. We're going to get there, hopefully. (laughs) The law of the Lord is? See, so if you look into the perfect law of liberty, see where James is coming from? Because the law is perfect. You know why it's perfect? Because <laughs> it's the word of God. <laughs> what does it do? Confers the soul. The inward Man. This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, if you kept reading on down to the chapter we was in earlier, the last verse, verse 18, he says, Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Because you are studying the Word of God. You are applying the Word of God. You are feeding the inward man. You are feeding the soul. Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting his soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord appear in light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey. And the honeycomb, moreover by them are your servants worn, and in keeping of them is a great reward. Verse 12. Who can understand his error? Cleanse thou me from secret faults, let not presumptuous sin have dominion over me. Right? Then shall I be Innocent. From the great transgression that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. My, there it is, strength and my Redeemer. Amen. He is my strength. See, that's why Rebecca says he's my strength. See, so when I worship him, as the song says, He gives strength to me as I worship him, as my heart is filled with praise. Jesus breaks the bands when I raise my hands. He gives glorious victory. Amen. Worship changes us. Amen. So he illuminates us. He he reveals to you and I things that are not like Him and He shows us so that we can become more like Him. The believer who has yielded His life to Christ will be willing and ready to make those changes shown to Him because He wants to please God. See, I want to please Him. This is what it's all about. I want to hear Him say, well done. Amen. This is why Hebrews 11 says, That without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I want to please Him. Amen. I want my life to be a reflection of Him in all that I do. Amen. And worship changes others. Worship changes others. Since God inhabits the praises of his people, his presence in our worship convicts sinners. A person cannot sit in a true apostolic service without it affecting him. See? Because you're worshiping God. Somebody's going to see that you are magnifying your God. When people are in the presence that don't know him, when they see your life, the virtue and things in your life, you're not doing what everybody else in the world is doing. You're serving God. You're looking holy. You're you're doing what the Word of God is saying. People see that. And somebody is going to ask you about God. Or somebody is going to ask you or relay their life where they are to you. And this is why you want to be ready to give an answer. That's why you want to have the Word of God hidden in your heart. So that you can present the truth in love. This is what, you, this is what God wants. Because he's, he's illuminating you for that purpose. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25-30 on your paper there. Amen. On your paper, I'm on verse page five. We're we're about to get there. I got about four minutes. And at midnight, it would have been easy for Paul and Silas to sit in jail and to complain and murmur and say, "Oh, it's me. My body is hurt. I'm aching. I'm in pain." They've been beaten. They're in chains. They're in shackles. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And they sing praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. And the keepers of the prison awake out of his sleep. And seeing the prison door open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. What must I do to be saved? And you can keep reading and you can see that they took him and amen and they gave him a Bible study and they baptized him in the name of the Lord there. Amen. Because your praise will change people. Amen. Here's a man getting ready to commit suicide. And Paul says, hold, do yourself no harm. You know, and this is what we should be ready to do. Hold, do no harm. Let me show you someone that loves you. Let me show you someone that really cares. Yes, the world may have turned its back on you. The world may have said all kinds of bad things and persecuted you and talked about you. But let me show you one. That really loves you and really cares. Amen. This is what you want to be able to do. Your praise. Your worship. Amen. Your life. Your virtue. Can change your atmosphere. The place that is around you. Amen. This jailer and his whole household was changed. Because of some guys in jail decide to sing praise. And to worship. And to give God thanks. Amen. We can't allow our location and our situation to affect our consecration to God. Paul says in Romans 8.35, Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations, shall distress, shall persecution, shall nakedness, shall famine, shall perils of sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep unto the slaughter. He says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Amen. Praise changes us. Praise changes others. David says in Psalms 57, verse 89, and, and this is last scripture. Amen. He says, wake up! <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, wake up! <laughs> Ain't nobody there. They're there. The angels are sitting there. Wake up, my glory. Awake, some Street. Awake, harp. I, myself, will awake early. Verse 9, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. Amen. He says, get up. (laughs) Wake up early. Amen. Get it all together. Wake up, glory. (laughs) Okay, tongue, get it together. That's what he's saying. He says, "Okay, my glory, my soul, my tongue, my faculties, all of me, my body." He says, "Y'all wake up!" He says, "Don't go, oh." He says, "Wake up because we're getting ready to praise God." <laughs> so, from the rising of the sun. Unto the going down of the same. The Lord's name is to be praised. So our praise changes us, Amen. And our praise will change others that is around us. Amen. So you can go back through. I know I I, I throw out a lot of scriptures and and stuff there this month, so hopefully you've caught a few of 'em at least, you know. And uh so we're uh talking about praise and worship and you see the value amen of, of praising and just being that example of what christ is doing in your life so when others around you they can see the change and be ready so that you can share with them the love of god in their lives as well so next month we're going to be talking about christian soldiers in faith amen and so you got the paper there you got two sheets but grant to you by the time the month's over you have six or eight amen with scriptures and stuff that we will go through in that area. Amen. Yes. All right. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Truly is great. Woo. Amen. Father, again, we love you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, Lord, your long-suffering and mercy towards us. God, if it had not been for you who's on our side, what would we do and where would we be? But, God, I am so thankful for your word tonight, Lord, for my life, that, God, I can live according to your word, O God. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in the plain paths, O God, because of our enemies, O God, I pray, Lord. Teach us how to grow in grace, O God. Teach us how to grow in mercy, Teach us how to grow continually in those things that you desire of us to grow in, God, that we may be more like you. At the end of that day, God, we will hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servants. God, please keep your hand upon your people. God, protect them as they travel to their homes Bless them, Lord, I pray. Open up the windows of heaven, God, I pray, and give them a blessing, Father, that they will not have room enough to receive it, O God. Teach us how to be content in all we do, God, as we praise and we magnify you. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We see you Sunday morning. Amen. For prayer and praise.